Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to this very, very special trailer breakdown of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That is what we now know, the ninth and final film in the Skywalker saga to be called. Very, very exciting. The trailer and the title were both revealed yesterday, the first trailer, by the way, at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. We didn't have time to do a trailer reaction podcast type thing yesterday, but today we have. And so some of us potters have assembled in Helen O'Hara's front room. Yes, welcome, Hello, I Helen guess. Helen O'Hara. Thanks. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Welcome to your front room, Helen. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Oh, my God. I, I say nothing but nice things about your house. This is like a serial killer's den, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> This is kind of incredible. I mean, it's a wall of books and DVDs. You can't pretend like that's out of the ordinary for us. Mm -hmm. Sure, Helen, sure. Uh, We're also joined in this front room, as happenstance would have it, uh, by our West Coast guy, our man in L.A. He is not in L.A. anymore. Uh, He is over in London for the week. So we grabbed him, brought him here, sack over the head. It's James White, a.k.a. Jaime Blanco. How are you, sir? Hi, Chris. I am very good, thank you. I'm very pleased to be in this room that is full of shirtless supernatural people. <laughs> oh, my God. I am suing you both for it's, misrepresentation. Yeah, it's wall-to-wall <laughs> Sam and Ordeen nipple porn. But anyway, anyway, anyway. We will be talking about Star Wars in the trailer. We'll be doing a little breakdown of the uh, the trailer. So apologies if the sound quality is not quite what you expect from the Empire Podcast. When you expect, you expect nothing but the best from the Empire Podcast, right? Sure. Sure. I mean, sure. No. Let's go with that. <laughs> let's go with that. And uh, this is where the sound quality might become slightly dodgy because we're not just it's not just us three colleagues no. of such lethal cunning here in Helen's front room in an undisclosed location in London. We're also joined by our man at Star Wars Celebration. James Dyer is also here, but not here, which is nice, I guess. He is in Chicago at Celebration, and he got to see the trailer in a room yesterday with 3,000, 4,000, whatever, screaming people, Stephen Colbert, J.J. Abrams, and the whole kit and caboodle. How are you, Jimbo? I'm good. I like to think I'm being projected on Helen's coffee table like a little Princess Leia. <laughs> have, you, have you brought us a gift? Two droids. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Help me, Christopher Hewitt. You're my only hope. Then you're shit out of luck, mate. (laughs) How is Chicago? It is big and windy and the murder capital of America, but I have not been murdered yet, mainly because I have stayed with the Star Wars fans at the convention centre. Yesterday was absolute carnage. Um, It was pretty much the first big panel and the biggest panel, the one that everyone was here for, the Episode 9 one. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, people were waving lightsabers around. Not a euphemism. Uh, It was, was, yeah, it it was insane. It was absolutely insane. So you haven't really been out in Chicago yet, which is one of the great cities on the planet. I wandered down to the Cloud Gate on Helen's recommendation. That was quite fun. And nobody yes. shot nobody shot Correct. at me. Or if they did, I didn't hear it and they didn't hit me. It might have been like that scene in John Wick where I just wasn't seeing or hearing the bullets. But, you know, who knows? I, I mean, I feel like the Cloud Gate, right in the centre of a beautiful part of Chicago, is pretty safe, James. I mean, it's, 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 it's reflective, Helen, so I could see the enemies coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just in a really distorted, possibly upside-down fashion. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. Have you been to um, Chicago's renowned for some of the, the best cuisine in the world? or are two three-star Michelin restaurants I would long to try there. What? But have you been to Subway? Have uh, you been to <laughs> the Mackey D's there? What have, what have you been eating? Well, I sent you a picture of a, uh, of a Chicago Nando's, so that was quite exciting. <laughs> That's um, true, you did. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it had to be done. It had to be done. Uh, I also had a pizza in the lobby at the hotel. <laughs> so celebration what, what's 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 it been like for you so far what was that uh, panel like yesterday the uh, episode 9 panel 
the panel was amazing. Like we've talked quite a lot about this on the podcast, haven't we? That that I mean, I've been a Star Wars fan my entire life, but like the excitement of Star Wars has waned a bit with Endgame coming and Game of Thrones about to come back. You know, it feels that Star Wars has drifted into a kind of a distant third place. And so, as I came out here, you know, I was interested, a little bit intrigued, but I didn't have that kind of butterflies in the stomach, massive excitement that the thought of the Endgame screening is giving me until the panel. So we went to the panel, sat down, you know, it was a bit of exciting, like, you know, Warwick Davis came out to wall up the crowd, you know, we were quite like, okay, you know, what are they going to have? The rumour was that we were going to hear the title, but that there might not be a trailer. So I was kind of prepared for possible disappointment there. And then when J.J. Abrams came out, when Kathy Kennedy came out, and they started talking about it, and you started to see images come up on screen where they start to show you stills from the film you're like okay okay this is cool oh that's an alien oh what is that oh it's a new droid and it looks like a duck that's good you know you started to get little little bits and bobs. the cast came out we got to hear a little bit more about the character obviously in the kind of vague terms that we're really used to at this point uh, when no one's allowed to get like jj gives everyone massive side eye when they start to s- say something i remember when we did uh, celebration donald gleason dropped the name of star killer base and the look that jj gave him when he said it <laughs> he was really not impressed so everyone was double checking everything with jj i mean he did confirm a few things that there's a time jump between the last jedi and episode nine uh, I mean, rumour on the internet is it is about a year. So basically enough time for Ray to have read all of those Jedi novels. I think that's pretty much it. And he did talk about the <laughs> fact that the, the cast, having been separated in The Last Jedi, will be largely together in this one as well. So the normal cast were out there. Billy Dee Williams came out. That was very exciting to see Lando again. And we saw some images from him uh, in the film wearing pretty much the Donald Glover outfit from Solo, A Star Wars Story, which is a, which is a bold choice since many people are trying to forget that film. But uh, And also Naomi Aki came out as well. Now, she plays Janna. She revealed the name of that character. I mean, that has leaked online as well. There's some speculation that she's Lando's daughter. And in fact, Stephen Colbert asked that very question, and she deflected it nicely. Yes. Um, but I think it's... I love that for a second yesterday, like Stephen Colbert was in our world. <laughs> yes, and he was, was interviewing people and just not getting anything back. I mean, yeah, they were doing the classic Stonewall thing. Although, although I did find... So I spoke to all of the cast and JJ after the panel. And, I mean, they certainly weren't plot forthcoming, but they were more forthcoming about some things than I thought they would be. So, obviously, the big thing in the panel was they did show the trailer, they did reveal the car, the uh, the title. But at the end of the trailer, when he said, you know, you hear that laugh, you hear the Emperor's laugh, so you're shot off like the destroyed Death Star and you hear the Emperor's laugh. And that gave everyone chills. But what gave us more chills was then you see a little figure wanders out onto the side of the stage, and it's Ian McDiarmid. And he just goes in full Palpatine, roll it again. Roll it again. And it was just like, oh my God. And I spoke to JJ about that, and I, I kind of expected him to completely, you know, sort of deflect as he tends to do. He's got quite... You know, serious yes. verbal jujitsu in that area. That's uh, John Harrison, not the Emperor. <laughs> yeah, he said, no, 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 that's not Khan. It's Imadimid, you're absolutely fine. Uh, but no, I said to him, you know, so, you know, the Emperor, he's back. You know, you know, what can you tell me? And he goes, honestly, I'm, ex- I'm amazed it didn't leak before now. And he goes, I'm thrilled and a little bit unbelieving that the fact that Imadimid was on set didn't get out. And so I was like, wow. So he basically just confirmed that the Emperor is in this film. Now, whether or not he's in the film as in he's still alive, having just fallen down a lift shaft and been there for 30-odd years, fine. Or whether or not he appears as some kind of force projection or whether it's a recording or whether it's a flashback. I mean, who the fuck knows? But uh, but he is in it, and that's pretty fucking exciting. That's awesome. one way of looking at it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> See, for sure. you've got your cynical hand, haven't you? So the, thing is, the thing is, when I talked about this with a lot of the fans afterwards, it's like, this is 
exactly what I expected from a J.J. Abrams Star, Star Wars film. Like, in the same way that The Force Awakens, it was really, you know, it, it felt almost like a tribute to the original films. And I think Ryan Johnson stepped away from that. And it's funny how people reacted so negatively to The Last Jedi. Because I think The Last Jedi, what it does is it intellectually, it's a Star Wars film in every way that matters. And it's what a future Star Wars film could be. But emotionally it didn't connect with a lot of people because it didn't feel like the Star Wars they knew, which is why I think it's really smart that Kathy Kennedy's given Ryan his own trilogy, sort of a more forward-looking, not backward-looking trilogy, because that seems to be where his strength is. Whereas, obviously, what J.J.'s done for this film is he's looking back at the emotional, you know, echoes that he can draw from people. So calling it The Rise of Skywalker, having the Emperor in it, it's kind of, it's familiar touchstones again. And, yeah, some people will probably dismiss that as massive hackery, uh, as they did with The Force Awakens. But, honestly, this is what I want from this final film. And it, it I find it really exciting. I mean, yes, it could be horribly cheesy. We've all read enough expanded universe novels. I say we all. I have. Uh, like Dark Empire, <laughs> where the Emperor's cloned himself and he can't get rid of him. You know, there's a lot of that stuff out there. But I'm assuming from this uh, that it will be a more sophisticated film, that it will be a more sophisticated story. And, of course, that must be the case, given that it is co-written by the author of Justice League. <laughs> and Argo. In fairness, let's, Argo, let's give yes. Chris Terrio his due <laughs> and Argo as well. We've got to let you go in a second, but we're going to break down the trailer without you because you've got to go to more panels today. I don't I know do. what's, what's what's on today, but uh, cool stuff. There's a couple of bits and bobs. There's nothing massive. There's a Mandalorian panel tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. Okay, that's cool. And they, they announced as well that they're going to take a break from Star Wars movies for a while uh, after this movie's out. And this movie is now being... I mean, it's been positioned for a while. If you read the press release when this movie was first announced, they very definitively said there it's the end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. That surprises me, to be honest, because honestly, I thought they would milk this cash cow for as long as they possibly <laughs> could. And it's fascinating, though, that they're they're being so sparing all of a sudden with Star Wars movies in the big screen, whereas Marvel movies are still being, you know, well, cranked out is the wrong word, but there's still going to be three at least three Marvel movies a year, and I suspect at some point that may even go up to four um, once they have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four to play with as well. Why do, why do you think that is? It can't be just fatigue. Uh, funnily enough, I actually asked Kathy Kennedy this very question, and I think she, and she was quite candid, she said they learned their lessons from Solo, that doing two films in less than a year just wasn't something that fans were prepared to accept, and she's, you know, hands up, mayor culpa, she's like, we made a mistake with that, so she's eased her foot off the gas massively mm-hmm. on this, because she doesn't want to see a repeat of of Solo's box office. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Marvel's different. I think certainly with the Star Wars films so far, they're very much of a similar, in a a similar vein, they've got a similar feel, Uh, you know, it's a similar, because it's not Star Wars, if you don't have the touchstones, whether it be the Empire or the First Order, lightsabers, Jedi, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It's just like, you know, you could have a a family drama, but then it's just a family drama in space, you know, where does it it tie in? Whereas Marvel, I think, has a, a much more sort of varied palette. Um, but what she talked about is how they're able to target different audiences. So, like, the films are very broad. They're for everyone. So they're looking to do those in a measured way to pace them out, whereas the stuff they're going to do on, on Disney+, Plus on TV, is much more niche. You can aim very solely at the fans. So I think they're going to really crank up the TV stuff, which is just for fans mm-hmm. who will never get tired of it. But for the broader stuff, I think they're going to try and do it less often, have fewer of them. Uh, but make them sort of bigger fan events. Well, we're going to discuss the trailer, obviously, but uh, I thought the trailer was fantastic. And, and uh, like you, and I think like a lot of people, Star Wars is no longer the centre of my movie universe. But this this gave me all the right feels and all the goosebumps in all the right places. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about The Emperor. 
And, you know, we'll reserve judgment on that, obviously, and, until we see how it plays out. Uh, but you know, I thought the trailer was pretty damn cool. What, what was your, your take very, very quickly on that? Oh, it was it was very exciting. There's a lot to unpack in that trailer. Uh, I will, I'm will. i going to mention a couple of uh, James-splaining moments, which you can just take on board as you discuss this. One, the TIE fighter, which is attacking Ray on the planet, is not... Uh, is not Kylo Ren's TIE silencer, uh, mainly because it doesn't look anything fucking like it, and everyone on the internet is an idiot. Uh, it's a tie, <laughs> it's a tie interceptor with first order painting on it, so it's a standard tie interceptor. Who's flying it? Couldn't tell you, but just bear that in mind. I think it's interesting that Ray still has the blaster that Han Solo gave her, presumably more for uh, sentimental reasons, since it is clumsy and random and not like a lightsaber. So that's quite interesting. I like the fact that when you see Kylo Ren's helmet being repaired, that isn't, notice it's not Kylo Ren's hands, they're little fuzzy Ugnaught hands or something. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure who's doing that. But what's interesting is that helmet gets repaired, but then when we see Kylo Ren fighting, he's not wearing a helmet. So I don't know how much screen time that helmet's going to get, but I thought that was an interesting choice. What else did I say? Uh, Stormtroopers with jetpacks, that's very much a pause or you'll miss them kind of moment. Uh, but yep. that's kind of cool. The the medal that you see, is it Hans? Is it Luke's? Very, very exciting to see that there. We know it's not Chewie's. Tell you who's it's not. You know. It's yeah. not fucking Chewbacca's, that's for sure. It's Space racists. Not. Although, canonically, he was given one off screen. He got one later. Yeah. Canonically. <laughs> it's been, On screen it's or GTFO. <laughs> Um, I like that you see them all, all the characters together uh, when they're looking over at the wreckage of the Death Star. Now, lots of people say, is this the first Death Star? Is it the second Death Star? The planet doesn't look like Yavin. The planet doesn't look like Endor. Well, push his glasses up nose. I will oh, tell God, you this. Here we go. Endor forest moon of Endor. is the gas giant of a planet that has, in fact, yep. nine moons, of which the forest one is but one. So it could be on yes. any of the other moons around Endor. Also, Yavin had 26 moons, not just Yavin 4. So it could be either, could be in any place. I'm saying it's the but, second Death Star. <laughs> and I'm saying it's on one of the Endor moons. We did see the both Death Stars were reduced to their component parts, yes. pretty much to atoms, in fact. So yes. you think people, someone would have noticed had there been a massive chunk of it that had just kind of floated down to a planet's surface. It was, it was very far away. We couldn't make it out. Clearly, that's what happened. Uh, far, far away, in fact. Yes. But yeah, loads of, loads of good stuff in that trailer. I really liked it. The title is an interesting one, though, because like, The Force Awakens is a brilliant title that kind of gives you everything you want, like it has promise. I think The Last Jedi is arguably the best title. That, that's a really, really great promise for a film. The Rise of Skywalker, though, feels a little clunky to me. Not Attack of the Clones or Phantom Menace clunky, uh, but it's, it's, an odd, it's an odd name for it, partly because... Obviously, this is the end of the Skywalker saga, not so much the rise of it. But then, you know, if uh, the Apes films can get away with that, anyone can. Um, but also, you know, Skywalker's dead. So what does this mean? I asked JJ about this title and he said all he did was he looked back at the film once it was finished and it seemed obvious because that's what the film is about. So make of that what you will. So Skywalker as as what? As uh, some sort of is it a legacy? Is movement, it the man himself? Almost? I mean, I think I think he's probably in this film, you know, in a kind of force ghost capacity. But what, you know, how he is rising, whether it, what it's referring to, I do not know. I mean, Rey is now the keeper of the Jedi law, so I don't know. Is she going to be a Skywalker? I really, really hope not, but we'll see. And it's interesting. This is the rise of Skywalker. It's not the rise of the Skywalkers, yeah. or you know, whatever. But maybe the, the the last Jedi was moving away from the notion of of Jedi and Sith in a way. Maybe somehow the Skywalker bloodline creates a new thing. Perhaps. So it's no, no, it's neither a Jedi nor a Sith. It is, it is what it is. 
So maybe maybe there's that. Anyway, we'll discuss it amongst yourselves. You go off and have your, your croissants and, uh, <laughs> and do whatever it is that you do. Well, enjoy. May the force be with you. Oh, I love Star Trek. <laughs> oh my God, you're a monster. <laughs> All right, so Jimbo has gone, and now it's just me, Helen, and Blanco left, and we're going to talk quickly through the trailer. We're going to go you know, kind of frame by frame, shot by shot, as quickly as we can on this one and we start with someone breathing and that someone is Ray, played of course by Daisy Ridley and she's on a desert planet Koopy Chaku, Koopy Tatooine, Koopy and you desert planet, who knows, mm. might be the burnt husk of Earth oh, It's far, <laughs> far away from there Chris. And a long time ago of course yeah. but you know, yeah. maybe back in the day maybe back in the day Sure. Uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, there she is and she's standing and she's looking at something Breathing heavily, she's been running or something. And a, uh, a definite echo of the original Force Awakens teaser, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know James said it's a new costume, but it's like so similar to all her old costumes. Yeah. She's I'm, got a very strong style, this girl. I'm really worried about how badly she smells. Like, no, I mean, it's, let's assume it's new and she's been washing it. I mean, yeah. it's still roughly white, you know? So. Yeah. But in fairness, I think everyone in the Star Wars universe must reek because they don't often change their clothes. Oh, but like you don't often see them eat dinner either, but they're not starving. Or go to the toilet. Exactly, and I'm okay with that. Okay. So. Anyway, so uh, this is a cool visual conceit with which to start the trailer. Um, we can see that she's preparing to face off against something, but it is not a person. It is a thing. It is a vehicle. It is a TIE fighter, TIE interceptor type thing streaking towards her across the desert. This is a cool shot coming up now uh, where you just see, here we go, every generation has a legend. Every legend has a beginning. Every beginning has an end. Every end has a game. Avengers Endgame! <laughs> oh. Anyway, let's talk about One this movie. One track mind, Chris. Let's talk about this movie. So here we go. And some people think that this is Kylo Ren's uh, TIE fighter, TIE interceptor. Uh, but James, who knows more about this than, than most, I would say, says it ain't that it is just a TIE fighter. So speculation. We don't see the pilot. We see the pilot's hands. But we don't see the actual pilot, the identity of the pilot. So this could be A, this could be a training exercise. This could be someone like Poe Dameron or Finn piloting this thing. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea if it's a training exercise. That would be kind of cool. But I I think we're, I mean, it's also not beyond the realm of possibility that, you know, Kylo Ren just got a new toy. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like we can rule it out either. But yeah, it's, it's cool that she sort of looks at it and, you know, draws the lightsaber. So, you know, she's not just running away, but then just runs away yes this is really cool the idea that 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 someone could face down a tie fighter armed only with a lightsaber is mm. pretty cool and also it's it's there we have luke skywalker's voiceover over this as well going we've passed on all we know uh, this is your fight now uh, a thousand generations live in you um, no pressure hun no pressure whatsoever so clearly this is meant to indicate that Rey is beyond anything we've seen from a Jedi, if she even is a Jedi at this point, you know, taking on a TIE fighter, streaking in low. Streaking in low like that would would indicate that it might be Kylo Ren because he's crazy enough and talented enough mm. to try to try this. We as, also know that Poe can fly anything there. But this, this certainly has the feeling in some ways, even though it's a ship versus a person, of being maybe a personal kind of conflict or mm-hmm. contest in some way it, mm-hmm. it feels like someone specifically targeting ray and 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 it's an interesting way to do it 
Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like it's a waste of resources. I mean, you could just like fly above and just shoot, but you know, mm-hmm. let's just go for it anyway. It's interesting that uh, it cuts away just before we see what she does with the uh, the tie fighter. Mm-hmm. So a couple of options: one, she could be going to try and cut off one of its foils; uh, two, she could be jumping over it so she lands behind it; three, she could be jumping on top of it. Yeah, I would guess that just from her trajectory. 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 It's a hard word to say. It is a hard word to say. I haven't had enough coffee. And then we're on a planet with clouds and mountains. Mm-hmm. Could be literally anywhere. Yes. Um, little shuttlecraft coming into land yes. over a city settlement, mining colony. They don't come here for facts, Helen. They come here for speculation. <laughs> Wild, uninformed speculation. Well, absolutely. <laughs> and in that respect, people, you've come to the right place. You certainly have. So, yeah, we have no idea who and what that is or where it is. So let's... Yes, you'll be hearing a lot of that in this <laughs> teaser. Uh, <laughs> I think. Um, oh, who's this guy? It's Kylo Ren. Hurrah! What's he doing? He's um, he's he's going through people with his uh, big old lightsaber type thing, or lightsaber, <laughs> as yeah, other people call it. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's he's fighting some people. I've seen some speculation online that this might be a knight of Ren that he is uh, taking down with his broadsaber. I mean, mm. they've never you know come up uh, last time, so yeah. it'd be interesting. He's holding, it looks like a cudgel the other guy has. That was never going to end well, was it? I mean, fair play to the other guy for giving it the old college try, but (laughs) dude. Looks great though, doesn't it? This sort of red tinged Mm. forest in which Kylo and some stormtroopers are are, are fighting. Sort of red sky above the the bear forest, very reminiscent of the end of Force Awakens, uh, no doubt on purpose. Indeed. There are things I don't want to see in this movie, and I don't want to see Kylo Ren become a good guy. I don't want to see him be redeemed. I don't want to see him go down the fader route, because quite frankly, I think some of the stuff he's done is beyond redemption. So uh, this this indicates that maybe he's not, that maybe he is embracing his destiny even more as a bad guy. And the next shot as well is interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I was I was all for his redemption up until about halfway through the last film, and then it was like, nope, you know what, done what, with you. Do you know what it was for me? It was the moment he stabbed his dad through the chest. <laughs> that was, I that even was thought much. after that, I was even, you know, there's prob- there's still room here. You know, there's still a thing that could happen. I still think we're kind of watching his story to a large extent, but I don't know that it's going to be, you know, happy family reunion anymore at the end. Mm. So then we have uh, Kylo Ren's helmet being repaired. Now, this is one of the first indications for me that J.J. Abrams, that the co-writer and director of this movie, might be walking back some of the stuff that Ryan Johnson did in The Last mm. Jedi. Um, the Last Jedi, of course, was not well received by some Star Wars fans. Um, I like the movie a lot. I think mm. it's the, the the best of this, you know, <laughs> best of the two we've had so far, and uh, the two new ones. Not can't do Solo for obvious reasons, or Rogue One for obvious reasons. Mm. The Skywalker movies, but his helmet, you were, his helmet was pretty much unceremoniously destroyed, and here it is being patched back mm. together again with a kind of red patchwork of um, uh, of scarring. Yeah, it's it's like that um, Japanese art form where you repair broken china with gold. It actually adds to the look rather than detracting from it. The whole like, let me just get into the whole Last Jedi thing for a moment because that is my only real uh, quibble with the film's title. Um, I have no quibbles basically with this trailer apart from I guess this, the same issue, which is I think it's really important that the people who criticised the Last Jedi for not great reasons don't feel empowered. Um, and I worry that this yes. title and some of, you know, the idea that they are walking back, that they're ashamed of The Last Jedi, I worry that that empowers those people because they are bad for the world, in yes. my opinion. Don't cater to dickheads. Don't cater to... I, I'm not, this is not directed at everyone who had problems with The Last Jedi. I know very many great 
Star Wars fans who just didn't love it as a film, mm-hmm. that's absolutely fine. My worry is if you are seen to be pandering to sexists and bigots, that would be bad. So I, I just hope that they can tread that line of telling the story that JJ wants to tell, mm-hmm. which may well be different from the one that Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson kind of left him with, but don't sort of yeah, don't sort of let those people think that they're the reason you're telling it, basically. Precisely. Do not pander to sexist bigots. Do pander, though, to sexy bigots. No, the no, no, big, no bigots, Chris, no? remember? No okay. bigots. B- uh, big sexists? Uh, no, again, sexists. Neither? Okay. Big right. sexy, sexy OTs? I don't know. No, don't, no, no, there's no nothing none of that sort of stuff. No. There's only one sexy OT, as far as this is concerned, and OT in this case stands for the original trilogy. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> okay, yes. Blanca, what do you think of this so far? Yeah, it's, it is an interesting little... Teaser. I mean, it's it's the whole the whole kind of Ren helmet thing is interesting. It it does seem to suggest a little bit maybe that there isn't quite the same creative uh, sort of oversight that there is always at Marvel, which feels like a coherent sense of a story just unfolding just in different ways across different movies. This one. I get it. They're trying to let the filmmakers do their thing. They let Ryan Johnson do his thing, which turned out really well, in my opinion. And and now they're sort of having. Admittedly, um, JJ, who came in quite late because obviously Colin Trevorrow was supposed to be doing this movie, mm-hmm. um, he's he's getting to reestablish his stamp on the world and what he wants to do with it and Star Wars as he sees it through his filter, through his years-long fandom of it. Uh, and it, it is interesting that it seems to be a, a slight, not a course correction, but a slight reestablishment of the Force Awakens world that that JJ was going for. Mm. So, yeah, I I I don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, obviously, it's it's so hard to judge given that it's you know two minutes of footage, and even then, that's that's mm. still about half of that is spent looking at the desert. So you know, it's it's interesting. And also with with footage in all of these trailers, as is always the case, we may be seeing unfinished uh, provisional cuts. We mm. may also be seeing things that just end up as cut scenes because they, they ended up superfluous too or slightly aside from the plot. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's still quite early days. I mean, eight months out here. So yep. um, the, the film is not locked, I would imagine. Um, and it's it's there is room for, for change here. So yeah, let's not get too crazy about it, I suppose. And then we find, uh, oh, Poe and Finn... The BFFs, the the true Pins. loves, destined to be Foe. together. <laughs> in another desert. This looks like a, it could be the same planet, right? I think this, yeah, because J.J. Uh, Abrams has apparently said that uh, the main characters are together in this movie. Mm. And they've, uh, you know, obviously Ray is on her own at the beginning. But I'm, I'm guessing they won't be bound together for the entire thing. But they seem to be going to a desert planet. Mm. And, you know, maybe Tatooine makes sense. You know, bringing the whole thing full circle. But. Maybe, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a slightly different look to Tatooine than we've seen before. We haven't seen so yeah. much of the rockiness there. No. Um, and also the scrub that the, we could see mm. in the in the scenes with, with Ray. Obviously, it was shot, I believe, in the Wadi Rum, which has been the setting for so many movies. Uh, it was The Martian as well, where they had to digitally erase all of that scrub um, because, obviously, Mars. And not to, not to Channel James, but they are shooting June there right now. Oh, there you go. You yes. see, June mentioned just because yeah. James didn't bother. Oh, so, outrageous! Yeah. If he did, I would have cut it out. Um, uh, so now we have uh, BB-8 and his new fuck buddy, Do, D slash O. I mean, his new buddy is adorable. It looks more like a dog. It, it looks a little bit like the the Fritz the cat 
kind of designer yeah. things that sort of that sort of those uh, and I got the other thing everyone keeps saying you know it's a dark it's a dark if you look at it from a certain angle it looks like a megaphone to me a megaphone on a wheel there oh. was a there was a picture up I think in during the panel which showed the various developments of this character mm-hmm. and there was one that looked directly there was just a sketch of a duck in the middle of all of those designs and I think they're going for a ducky feel well but... ducky was the best character in pretty in pink so that makes sense. Not, not, not that duck, Helen. Oh, not a different okay. duck. Entirely different duck. Donald Duck. Daffy Duck. Oh, oh, right, like a duck. Digital duck. Okay. Yes. Uh, and, and honestly, I still, I'd still say from a certain angle, megaphone. It looks like a little tiny megaphone. It's like JJ was running around shouting through it at the actors. <laughs> and he grabbed yeah. it off him and stuck it into the movie. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, Chewie and Lando piloting the Millennium Falcon, and Lando played once again by Billy D. Williams. The greatest on-screen Harvey Dent is back <laughs> and uh, seems to be loving it. He's having the time of his life. Yeah, he seemed to be really enjoying um, it yesterday on the panel as well. So yeah. that, that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, so the saga comes to an end, which is interesting. We'll discuss that because I honestly thought that this would go on forever, uh, the Skywalker saga, but it doesn't seem to be. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things should come to an end, like this podcast. But we'll keep on going for a few more minutes. Then there's another desert thing, and these are stormtroopers on um, jetpacks. They're kind of flying stormtroopers. This seems Ooh. to be the next next evolution. Um, now we have a shot. This is a cool shot. Someone said likened this to Mad Max Fury Road, and mm. this is this is uh, Poe played by Oscar Isaac, of course, John Boyega's Finn, and Anthony Daniels C-3PO, and they are on some sort of flying skiff barge thing. So so echoes perhaps of Return of the Jedi here, but this is a pretty cool shot. Yeah, I got exactly that same feeling from this. It just looks, it does look quite Tatooine. That's why maybe we're, we're thinking that, you know, in terms of the vehicle as a, as well as kind of the landscape, it looks really Tatooine-y. Mm. Um, and also a little bit, you know, a little bit mummy-esque. I mean, especially in Poe's outfit, that mm. is that is full-on Brendan Fraser right there. He has changed his clothes. He really has. He he's has. the Nathan. Yeah. People have been comparing to Nathan Drake all over the shop. Hmm. I mean, yeah. he, he very much. He's basically channeling Nathan Drake, Indiana Jones, and Brendan Fraser in the yeah. Mummy, of course. Yeah. Uh, all of them good things to channel, and um, and of course Poe washes because he's you know busy getting busy with everybody in the galaxy. I think we've we've already decided. <laughs> is that just in my head? That's not just in my head, is it? I think that no, might no, be the fan fiction you've started writing already. That's canon. That's canon. That I feel is like canon. That's canon. Yeah, absolutely. He he's, and Leia definitely. He's Come even on. had a go at Do. There we go. There's something's crashing here. That looks like a star destroyer of some kind. Um, yeah, it's interesting. We're still in an atmosphere, but there is a big thing there in the background. Yeah. Um, then we have a shot of someone we think is uh, Leia hmm. looking at a medal, which is one of the medals that was given to Han and Luke, but crucially not Chewie. Then we know that Carrie Fisher <laughs> will be in this movie and they're going to use deleted scenes from The Force Awakens. Uh, so here's a shot of Carrie Fisher as Leia hugging a a crying ray and it obviously you know I, i'm not entirely sure how they're going to wrap up leia's storyline in this i'm not entirely sure i'm ready either but no. okay let's let's give it do you think do you happens. think this is sort of material taken from the post han killing quite possibly yeah protection just just the two of them bonding over this there's just shared loss yeah and they maybe just switched the location with some digital jiggery pokery that, that was that was my question whether they've done whether they've taken 
the lair that was shot and are sort of digitally tinkering with that as opposed to doing the Rogue One, you know, fake lair. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just sort of taking the performance and digitally doing different things and maybe adding the odd sort of line here and there of ADR if they can or switching over lines you already recorded mm-hmm. and doing it. It'd be fascinating to see if they really pull it off. It could be amazing. I mean, it, it, tu- it tugs at the heartstrings even now, just looking at this little one moment of them hugging. Mm-hmm. You, you feel a little bit choked mm-hmm. up. So Yeah, I, it's it's a lot. Um, um not ready. Um, but then, yeah, everybody together. Now, can, is we go this... back? can we go back to last shot, the group shot? Yeah, of them, let's do it. So everybody, this is interesting because I feel like Star on Star Wars, every every planet is one thing. Like if you're a desert, you're a desert all over, which, I mean, yes, from a, you know, actual geographical point of view makes no sense, really. But um, you've so you've got to wonder if they're on a different planet here um, in terms of... Yeah, I, 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 I'd say this is probably a planet we've never seen before in yeah. the Star Wars universe. Uh, I think there's probably two planets. I can't imagine there, there's a third desert planet. So this is going to be either Jakku or Tatooine. Mm. But yeah, this seems like a, a brand new planet. So this is a group shot. We see Chewie, we see 3PO, we see... I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing this, probably D-slash-O, or I'm going to call it D-O. There's BB-8, uh, Poe, Finn, and Rey. No R2. No R two, no Rose either. Who we don't do know is in this film. Yes. she was. She was, you know, specifically said to be in this film on the panel yesterday. Mm. Over this, we have Luke Skywalker, and we feel that I think this is new dialogue. This is we know that Mark Hamill's in this film, and mm. uh, we're pretty sure he's going to be some sort of Force ghost or something. And he's saying, uh, "We're always, uh, we'll always be with you." Um, and he says something along the lines of, "Because I'm, I'm not listening back to it verbatim." Uh, he says something like, "Nothing, nobody's ever really gone." Yeah. Uh, and over this, we see them looking at what looks like a wreckage of a Death Star. We don't know which Death Star. Probably mm. the second Death Star. It looks much bigger than the first Death Star, for one thing. So I have I have questions about this. I have questions. I also. mean, you know, because like if the Death Star is the size of even a small moon, I'm mean, assuming we're not talking like one of Mars's moons that's like five miles across. We're talking like quite a big thing. So the the deflector dish kind of thing. What's it called? The dish bit of the Death Star. Okay, well I'm going to call it the deflector dish. I apologise to Star Wars fans, but that bit of it is a is a big percentage of that. Mm. And yeah. we can see a, almost a full sort of half circle here, right? Yeah. So let's say, even if the Death Star, let's be really generous and say it's only like 10 miles in diameter mm-hmm. across, right? And the deflector dish is maybe only like two, three miles. This is still like a five mile section. So if that landed in that ocean, you would expect... I mean, that's bigger than the meteor that killed the dinosaurs. I'm just saying, this planet looks fine. Yeah, but it, it wasn't travelling at the speed of the... Uh, meteor that killed the dinosaurs, was it? But it, it would have been traveling at something. Explosion. Yeah, yeah, it would have been because it was you know, it was exploded and then it came down through the atmosphere and it would have accelerated presumably through. They the haven't atmosphere. thought it through. They haven't thought I'm it through. I'm just saying they haven't thought it through. They haven't thought it through. There's still yeah. time to go back and just, Guys, you know, change it entirely. Or just shut the movie down. Guys, shut the movie down. <laughs> I appreciate your hard work and thank you for for coming this far. But uh, you fucked it. And I so mean, that's that's it. There may be scientists out there that can explain it to me. And if you have a good explanation, okay, please, we're back. Please tell me. We're back on. You can start work on. again. This is all fine. Yeah. Um, but because Hope you enjoyed your thirty seconds <laughs> off, there, guys. Uh, Luke said. Luke says uh, nobody's ever really gone. And then the screen cuts to black, and then we hear a familiar laugh. I don't know if anyone's seen the uh, the, the the cut that someone has done where Seth Rogen's laugh, which is very funny. <laughs> And it is the Emperor's laugh, and Ian McDiarmid is indeed in this film. 
And how do we feel about that? Uh, I, I, I have, I have concerns. I have worries. Mm. Uh, I don't want this to become fan service. And I'm pretty sure that at, at certain points, when we were recording Last Jedi and Force Awakens spoiler specials, we probably expressed con- concern or dismay that the Emperor might show up at any point because that would be a fairly, on the surface, creatively redundant decision. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, look, I like, you know me, I like when things are just done and then done with and don't come back a million times. Um, I don't love, you know, the, the this continued resort to things that are familiar over things that are new and fresh. Um, that said, it can work really well. There can, There are times when we have, you know, been scared of such, you know, reappearances and it's actually worked out really well. It's possible uh, to do it really well. Uh I just, uh, we've got to hope that that's what this does. I mean, are we going to have kind of warring force ghosts here or is he going to physically be there? Because we haven't had a Sith force ghost. <laughs> and there's apparently there's some there's some theory, isn't there, why that can't happen? That it, yeah, it's almost a, not a religious thing, but it's a there's a there's a there is a reason for it. Something they're not they're not so close with the force that they that they can do that or something mm. like that. I'm just worried that there's going to be a force ghost thrown down a thrown down a giant shaft <laughs> because. Honestly, who wants that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if they're going to bring him back, it has to be to do something different. There has to be there has to be something different, and especially having finished solo with a reappearance of a character thought dead and throwing down a giant shaft. Maybe we should have thought, you know, wh- why do we need another character thought dead and throwing down a giant shaft to mm. come back at the end of this movie? Maybe it's not the end of this movie. It's 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 a little concerning, but again, it is all in the execution. So if they can do something great with him, and he's obviously great, yeah. You know, I, I wonder crossed. if this is another direct reaction to uh, where Ryan Johnson left him at the end of the Last Jedi. Whether JJ had been had big plans for uh, Snoke, mm. and mm. Snoke is no longer on the uh, on the table. Now you could bring Snoke back very easily, or you could somehow link back to the original trilogy and reveal Palpatine as the the big the the big string puller yeah. behind the whole thing. I don't know. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll I guess bringing Snoke back, you have the problem that he was literally bisected, and that's quite a that's quite a definitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Death. but I mean, you're you're overlooking the idea that that Snoke's brother Steve won't just pop along and be like, "You killed my brother." Now I have to get all all of you. Hi, I'm Steve. Prepared to die. I realize. <laughs> yes. I realize. I realize our parents. Our parents named us very differently, but still, Steve. I'm Steve. I'm bad. Hi. Yes. Well, he was called Supreme Leader, so his parents, the old nominative determinism at work there with uh, old Supreme Leader Stoke and Steve. Mm. But anyway, yeah. yeah. I know. Well, well, yeah, listen, listen. Uh, every day is Christmas Eve, and I'm really excited about this film. And this yeah. film has has got me goosebumpy about Star Wars again, which is great. This trailer, rather, has yeah. got me goosebumpy about Star Wars again, which is great. And uh, we shall see where it goes. And I love Ian McDermott, and I think he's fantastic as the Emperor. And uh, we'll we'll see. On the surface, that's great. But I just I just hope it's not. Hokey. Well, you know I'll, what I mean? I'll, I'll say yeah. this, though. If the Emperor's coming here, they need to redouble their efforts. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I tidied my living room as best I could. Okay. Uh, Jeez. And then finally, finally, we have the the, uh, the reveal of the title, which uh, James has talked about, The Rise of Skywalker. What's your take on that title? So, again, assuming it's not pandering to the worst people in the world, um, uh, it's, it's fine. Um, so... This, the Skywalker thing, I mean, as somebody said, if, and apologies, I've forgotten who, if J.J. Abrams meant Ray, he wouldn't have put that as the title uh, on the basis of it wouldn't be very mystery boxy of him. And he likes a mystery box, doesn't he? So he it does it. it does make more sense that it would refer to 
Luke. And Luke sort of didn't really get redemption for his failure with with Ben Solo um, at the end of the last film. And mm -hmm, I feel like maybe mm -hmm. this film is not about redemption anymore for Kylo Ren, but it's about redemption for Luke in mm -hmm. failing Kylo or in, fa in failing Ben. Mm -hmm. um, and that would make sense to me. And so The Rise of Skywalker could mean that there's qu actually quite a large role for Luke in this. It, it mm -hmm. could be that he's another level again beyond... Um, you know, if Qui-Gon is meant to have rediscovered how to become a force ghost, if there's this whole, you know, there's this whole theory that that was kind of what was happening in the prequels, that he kind of rediscovered this lost art, mm -hmm. um, that maybe Luke has somehow gone beyond that a little bit. Yeah, what he did at the end of The Last Jedi was beyond anything we've seen a, a Jedi exactly. do before. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty intriguing. Mm -hmm. I hope, I desperately hope it's not Rey. I hope, you know, Rey's obviously hugely important and the hero of the story. Of, the, of this particular trilogy of films, and that is great. But I think, again, I think it's a bit of a cop-out if she turns out to be the daughter of yeah. uh, of Luke or, or Leia, and they've just somehow forgotten about it or not mentioned it. Mm. Um, and uh, so maybe it is, maybe it is Skywalker, or maybe it is, maybe it's the idea of Skywalker being the new name for whatever the Jedi movement is. That maybe okay. it's, you know, maybe it's the idea of, because I think, as I said to James, I think, and as you said in the last Jedi one, mm -hmm. I think Ray is moving towards something that is neither Jedi nor Sith, but some sort of a a amalgamation of the two. Hopefully, with the worst <laughs> characteristics of 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 the Sith Order taken out, um, and maybe that is Skywalker. Maybe it's yeah. a new thing. Maybe it's a movement. Well, the other thing is just to go back from a moment to the which I I'm I'm sorry to do, but let's go back from a moment to the prequels. This whole mm -hmm. idea of bringing balance to the force, right? That's a nice idea. I like that idea. But balance in the force cannot be an entire Jedi order and two Sith. That makes no sense. Mm. Um, and it would make a lot more sense if ba bringing balance to the force meant some kind of the perfect iteration of the yeah, force. Yeah, yeah. And and it would make sense to me if. Uh, if Luke, through his current status, and and Ray as his first sort of pupil, can or his first successful pupil, hopefully, can 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 achieve that and can bring that about. And talking of, uh, I know we've been talking about how this could be, you know, Abrams responding to Last Jedi and resetting things, but at the same time, at the end of the Last Jedi, there was the hints of the kids who were starting to believe in the things that, that Ray could get up to, the things that, that they'd seen and the things that they'd experienced, force powers and things like that, and it's spreading wider across the universe than it's ever been before. And if we're talking sort of movements and everything like that, then that surely is a theme that be continued straight from The Last Jedi of a rise of a, a new class of these warriors or a rise yep. of new sort of powers in this way. Rise. Yes. Yes. Rise. Uh, or maybe, I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. Uh, maybe this is a crossover movie. I mean, who else do we know is obsessed with bringing balance to things and perfectly balanced as all things should oh. be and some sort of intergalactic fiend? Oh, my goodness. This is... We, we don't see him in this movie, but that doesn't mean that Thanos isn't in it. We don't know Thanos' surname. It could be Skywalker. It could be Skywalker. <laughs> Thanos Get Skywalker. This. Oh, my God. Oh. I think you've described the perfect film there, Helen. <laughs> I have not. And on that bombshell, mm. that is it for this very, very impromptu Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker official teaser trailer breakdown podcast <laughs> really need to come up better names for these things uh thank you so much for listening thank you of course to james white for for flying five and a half thousand miles just to be here thanks my arms are absolutely exhausted <laughs> <laughs> i had to push the plane 
Thanks to Helen O'Hara for uh, travelling precisely fuck all miles to be here. <laughs> it's been a long, tough road, but I got here in the end. Yeah. All the way downstairs. <laughs> yeah, tough. And uh, and it's goodbye for me, who had to travel an undisclosed distance to be here. Because Just over this a mile. Is an undisclosed location. Just over a mile away from your undisclosed location. Yes. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. And our, our next podcast will be up uh, on Friday. So see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.